We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast. Aaron is not feeling well tonight, so you get to hear my wonderful voice. I am one of the hosts, Ariel, and joining me, of course, is Daniel. Hi there. And guess what today is? Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It's also my daughter's birthday. However... Today is when we discuss eight. The number eight? The number eight. So you get to listen to us for 45 minutes. Talk about the number eight. And how many times you can use it in math? Yes. Plenty. No, but for real, I am super excited to talk about Village because it was such an improvement from seven. Sorry, seven fans, but I love eight. It was great. And I rhymed. No disagreement on uh, the changeover from 7. Uh, yes. So, let's get started with the summary, Daniel. All right. The summary of Resident Evil Village was unofficially known as Resident Evil 8, though so everyone still recognizes it non-officially. <laughs> In Japan, it's also known as Biohazard Village, someplace you don't want ever want to visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it is a first-person survival horror title, of course, by the beloved Capcom. It was released May 7th, 2021, so it's barely a year old. <sighs> it is the first Resident Evil game for the ninth console generation. I can't believe we're that far in consoles. Yeah, that's yeah, a bit ridiculous. And good news for everybody, there is a gold edition of the game that is expected to release this year around... Halloween. Oh? Yes. Right now it's got a date of October 28th, but I would just say let's go with Halloween Capcom. Just push it a couple days. You know they won't. Everything's getting released on the 28th, remember? No. No. That is what I have on the summary. Ooh. So that means let's talk plot and oh what a plot we have. So, the story takes place in February 2021, three years and six months after the events of Resident Evil 7. Ethan Winters and his wife, Mia, have relocated to the parts of Eastern Europe courtesy of BSAA Captain Chris Redfield, where they have been laying in cover for years. During those years, Ethan took courses in military training, and they conceived a child named Rosemary Winters. 
The Baker House incident was covered up as a gas leak that killed everyone in the family, with the exception of Zoe and her uncle, Joe. So nice little cover up there. Of course. At least they're actually coming up with cover stories now. I think it's a little late for that. Yeah. Mia then tells the local story, Village of Shadows, to Rose. And actually, I really thought this was so pretty because they went into like animation and it was so pretty. Anyways, continuing. The story is about a delinquent girl who ran away from her mother and encountered different creatures that gifted her with items until she forcefully took the last object from the last creature and was punished by the creatures for it. Rose falls asleep before Mia could finish the story because she is a baby. (laughs) I mean, it's the truth. She was a baby. Anyways, Ethan then expresses his caution over her telling a scary story to an infant that is too young. She then sarcastically asks him to put his daughter to bed. He complies and takes her to her bed cradle, which is fun because you get to walk during this. When she is preparing for dinner, Ethan remarks her as someone who had gone full native. Mia then tells Ethan to stop worrying. And he remarks recent events moving fast. He and his wife then have an argument how she can forget and ignore everything that had happened in Louisiana. Mia is suddenly shot in the shoulder before she is gunned down as Ethan heads for cover. Ethan realizes that the attack was carried out by the rogue BSAA Hound Wolf Squad, led by Chris Redfield, who finishes off a weakened Mia in front of Ethan. Chris takes Ethan and Rose as captives, but the squad is forced to knock out Ethan. Ethan recalls a time he argued with Mia about their fears over Rosemary's true nature and the effect she might have inherited from the both of them. Their argument ends when he answers a call from Rosemary's doctor. So now this is really where it begins. That was all kind of an introduction part of the video game. So Ethan awakens at his overturned convoy with the guards dead and Rosemary nowhere to be seen. He picks up a nearby ringing phone where he demands the caller to divulge Chris's and Rose's location only to be denied an answer. He then sets off to a nearby trail filled with blood and dead carcasses. He then stumbles on to an old shack and starts to explore the nearby surroundings. He comes across a large village where he he finds recently deserted. He then encounters a villager named Grigori who was hiding and armed with a shotgun. He asks who Ethan is and who sent him, but before Ethan could respond, the house becomes surrounded by werewolf-like creatures known as lichens. Grigori offers a handgun to Ethan before he is killed by a lichen, while Ethan is dragged down to the basement by another lichen. There, he finds several of the villagers' corpses. A lichen attacks him and bites two of his fingers off before Ethan kills it. As he manages to hold out in one of the houses, he overhears a radio transmission telling any survivors to come to Louisa's house. 
a large pack of lichens led by the giant Urias converge on him, but before they can kill him, the bells from the castle lead them away. He then comes across an old hag who asks if he was the child's father. When he confirms this, the woman proclaims that after Rosemary was brought to the village by the village deity, Mother Miranda, they have fallen into darkness and warns him that she is in great danger. Ethan sees the nearby castle and surmises that he might find Rose there. Eventually, he comes across two surviving villagers, Elena and her injured father, Leonardo who are hoping to join the rest of the survivors at Louise's house, but no one is letting them in. As the lichens start to lurk nearby, Ethan manages to climb over Louise's house and open the gate for Elena and Leonardo before sealing it. Although they are given a cold welcome by a hesitant Ulian, the group is welcomed into the home by Louisa. Louisa then guides him to the house, meeting other survivors, the drunken Anton, the mourning Roxana, and the crippled Sebastian. Ethan asks if this is all that remains from the village, and Anton angrily responds that there is no one left, before insulting the survivors and chastising Louisa for letting in the injured Leonardo and Ethan, an outsider. Louisa responds that her house has been protecting her family for generations and that she reassures him that all are welcome and safe in there. When Ethan asks what is going on around the area, she tells him that they were once a quiet, devout village, but then the monsters came and attacked them. Elena asks where is Louisa's husband, to which she answers that he went outside to get help. Unbeknownst to her, her husband, Ernest, had already been killed some time ago by a Barkalak, which are heavily mutated lichen in areas near the reservoir. Roxana then suggests for them to pray to Mother Miranda for his safety. They all join hands and pray. Ethan notices the prayer reminded him of the old hag's words. Leonardo calls the hag crazy, but Louisa instead believes it is through the woman's devotion that she is still alive. Suddenly, Leonardo roars in pain before attacking and instantly killing Louisa with his machete, as well as knocking down a lantern that causes a fire. Ethan beckons Elena to escape as Leonardo, exhibiting lichen abilities, kills the rest of the survivors. Leonardo pounces at Ethan before Elena fires at her father with a shotgun blast. As the two escape to the garage, Elena mourns her father as Ethan manages to get Louisa's truck working and hopes to ram their way outside. When he instead crashes the car, the two decide to escape upwards to the attic, where Elena warns Ethan that the castle is nothing but blood and death. Leonardo, somehow still alive, manages to climb upward and calls out to Elena in pain. Despite Ethan's warnings, Elena quickly runs to him when the wooden plank providing her way back collapses, separating the two. Leonardo falls through to the fire. Despite Ethan offering help, Elena tells him to go and to save his daughter before the floor collapses and she falls into the fiery depths below. 
Ethan angrily leaves the burning house through the window as he muses that people keep dying around him. He steps outside only to witness Mother Miranda killing Ulian. After pursuing her, he then encounters the old hag from before who happily stated that death has visited them all. He manages to open the stone door leading to the castle using two crests found around the village. Ethan then heads to the castle, but he is later captured by a man with seemingly electromagnetic field powers. Hmm. I love this guy. He is then taken to a meeting with Mother Miranda and the other house's lords, Lady Alcina Dimitrescu, the vampiric countess of the castle Dimitrescu, Donna Beneviento, the puppeteer who controls a doll named Angie and lives in House Beneviento, Salvatore Moreau, a heavily mutated fish-like hunchback who is the owner of Moreau's reservoir, and Carl Heisenberg, the man who captured Ethan and owner of Heisenberg's factory, where he has been running inhumane projects inside. Dimitrescu and Heisenberg argue who should have him, with her wanting to kill Ethan and offers his cups of blood to Miranda, and Heisenberg wanting to put on an entertaining show for everyone to enjoy. Miranda decides that Ethan's fate belongs to Heisenberg. He then gives Ethan a 10-second head start before sending lichens after him. He runs away and manages to avoid the threats ahead. So, the next one is the Dimitrescu Castle. He, his exit is conveniently in front of Dimitrescu's castle, where he meets the Duke, a merchant who offers him weapons and supplies for the journey ahead. He's awesome and kind of funny. As he encounters the castle in hopes of finding Rose, he is captured by the Dimitrescu's daughters, Bella Cassandra and Daniela instead. They proceed to drag him to meet their mother, who is surprised that he survived Heisenberg's game. She then orders her daughters to hang Ethan up with hook chains while she goes to inform Miranda of this development. While they are gone, he manages to free himself by forcefully ripping his hands through the hook. After traversing through areas of the castle, he comes across the Duke, who somehow conveniently appears in various locations around the village. Same as the Merchant in 4. The Duke then suggests that Dimitrescu is keeping Rose in her private chambers somewhere in the castle. So as he explores the castle, he encounters Cassandra, whom he escapes from by falling and reaching the wine cellar. He reaches the castle's torture chamber where he fights off several mutated ghouls known as Moraika, who were former servants of the castle that somehow scorned Dimitrescu and her daughters. The chambers also house the bodies of village men that they tortured, with their blood being made into their exported wine, Sanguis Virginis. Ethan is then attacked and caught by Bella, but a stray shot by Ethan damages a window which breaks and lets the cold air in, which is implied to be the daughter's weaknesses. The daughter's weaknesses. Ethan manages to kill the weakened Bella, who calcifies and crumbles to the ground and leaves you a pretty cool thing. 
Ethan then solves more puzzles and battles various Moraika before overhearing a conversation between Dimitrescu and Miranda on the phone, which ends with her frustratingly throwing her dressing table. He sneaks in to get the key, but is caught by the Countess, where she proceeds to violently slam him against the ground and sending him to the dungeons below. He navigates the dungeon and eventually finds the panel, but gets his hand cut off by Dimitrescu's sharp claws. But Ethan manages to elude her long enough for him to reattach his hand and escape from the Countess. He later comes across the sadistic Cassandra in the arsenal room, where he manages to weaken her by throwing a pipe bomb to a cracked stone wall and letting the cold air in, weakening her before finishing her off. Finally, he comes across Daniela in the library, where he opens the overhead skylight to let the wind in to kill the final daughter. Ethan manages to access a dagger dubbed the Dagger of Death's Flowers, which is laced with poisons from around Europe and uses it in self-defense from an attack by Dimitrescu. The reaction the dagger mutates Dimitrescu into a grotesque dragon-like creature. The two battle in the castle's exterior until Ethan lands several fatal shots that kill and calcify her. He is able to retrieve a glass flask that emerges and heads to a nearby underground cave. There, he meets the old hag again, chanting the same prayers as before. Ethan demands her tell him what is going on and where Miranda took Rose. She laughs, telling him that Rose will be sacrificed as a life for a life. She points out that the crest of the four families may open a path that he seeks. Ethan stares at the emblem, eerily similar to the logo of the Umbrella Corporation. He then travels to the altar where he meets the Duke once more. The Duke then reveals to the horrified Ethan that the glass flask he received contains the head of Rosemary. Duke clarifies that Rose can be saved as her powers enables her essence to remain. He then points him to a house with a red chimney on the western side of the village. With no options, he reluctantly traverses there and, find, and finds its owner killed by a lichen. He takes the expanded winged key to the Duke, who says it can help him access the other flasks containing Rose by confronting the other lords, Beneviento, Moreau, and Heisenberg. So now we get to House Beneviento. He first heads to House Beneviento. On his way, the plants near the graves of Beneviento's parents emit a pheromone that affects Ethan. He begins hallucinating Mia, who is holding their daughter Rose, and beckons and leads him to House Beneviento. Upon entering, he starts to explore around the house and finds the second flask sitting on Beneviento's doll, Angie. Before he could grab it, the doll disappears and so does his weapons. He then comes to find a doll similar to Mia and with a photo of her corpse. Ethan begins to solve puzzles around the mansion in order to find a way out. During the journey, he picks up a call from Mia, who tells him that she didn't want to keep something a secret from him, and she doesn't want to lose him or their family. 
Each time she, he successfully solves parts of the puzzles, the radio nearby picks up a transmission from Mia, with succeeding transmissions growing more and more distressed. Along the way, he is pursued by a hallucination of a large, grotesque baby that emits Rose's crying. Yes, that was absolutely disgusting and terrifying. Not gonna lie, it was gross. He manages to reach the top side of the house, where he is greeted by Beneviento and Angie. Beneviento pleads him not to leave and sends the other dolls to attack him. He manages to repel the dolls, and Angie demands he find her quickly in a game of hide-and-seek before he gets attacked by the other dolls. Every time Ethan finds her, he stabs her in the head. He eventually deals the finishing blow towards Angie. He comes to his senses and realizes that he has killed Beneviento, who calcifies and crumbles. He retrieves her flask of rosemary and another piece of the winged key before leaving the house. And sometime I kind of want to talk about their stories because I feel like all of the heads of the households have this freaking sad story, which we might do later. But continuing on with the plot. Moreau's Reservoir. After fending off Moraika and the lichens that have littered the paths, he ventures his way to Moreau's Reservoir, which consists of an abandoned, derelict, and flooded fishing village with a monstrous fish in the water. He manages to retrieve the flask from an unsuspecting Moreau, before he sees Ethan and asks him what he was going to do with Miranda's special child. Ethan angrily exclaims that Rose was not hers, and Moreau responds by saying that Miranda wants her baby back, before pleading with him to give him back the flask. He then reveals that he has blocked Ethan's exit, but the latter manages to escape his acidic blockades. Ethan soon finds a tent near the reservoir, which contains equipment used for research. He is attacked by Hound Wolf Squad member Night Owl and confronted by Chris, who has been based in the outpost. Ethan then angrily exclaims that Chris killed Mia and he should just finish him off instead. Night Owl notices motion readings near the area and advises Chris that they should move on, fearing that Miranda knows their location. When Ethan hears her name, he demands Chris to tell him how they were involved, but he rejects divulging more information. They have also been doing sample analysis, and the infection is related to the mold. The three noticed the mutated fish was heading their way. Chris warns Ethan to stay out of their path before they are separated by the large fish and thrown into the water. Ethan climbs on a dock alongside Moreau, who tells him that his exit is underwater and that Miranda is preparing for the ceremony before falling to the water, revealing himself as the large fish creature. As he escapes the mutated Moreau, Ethan sets off and manages to open the dam and drain the water. Ethan then proceeds to battle Moreau at the dried-up fishing village, with Ethan emerging victorious. So, next we go to Heisenberg's factory, which was pretty awesome. I thought it was really cool, his factory. Anyways, 
Ethan manages to arrive at the stronghold and pull up two levers to gain entry inside. He navigates around inside, which is infested with endless packs of lichens. He enters deeper, where he once again meets and battles Urias. After killing him, he retrieves the final flask. Ethan has a vision of the four lords extracting Rose's body parts. Heisenberg then praises Ethan for his efforts and directs him into putting the four flasks four flasks back at the altars. Ethan puts all of them in the altar and carries the giant's chalice, the other the giant's chalice to the other pedestal when it descends down and opens up to Heisenberg's factory. He gets inside and is greeted by Heisenberg. He tells Ethan that he is being played as a test to see if he was strong enough to be part of Miranda's family. Ethan angrily exclaims that he doesn't want to be part of her family, to which Heisenberg agrees and explains that even Miranda is frightened of Rose's potential power. He then offers Ethan to go together and save Rose so he could use her as a means to kill Miranda. Ethan rejects his offer, saying that his daughter is not a weapon for his usurping scheme. Heisenberg then responds by kicking Ethan down to the bottom of his factory. Ethan is then chased around by Sturm, a creature with a propeller as a torso. He manages to evade it, but finds himself deeper into the factory, where he fights off several of Heisenberg's mechanical soldat creatures. As he navigates his way through the factory, Heisenberg shares how Miranda forcefully took several children, including himself, as part of her experiments to become her servants. He shares his desire to achieve power and to free himself from Miranda's grasp. Ethan encounters Sturm again and puts it down for good. Upon reaching the top, he is attacked again by Heisenberg, who mutates himself into a large biomechanical creature. The mutated Heisenberg tells Ethan to stay away before knocking him down again to the bottom of the factory. After Ethan crawls through a vent, he is subdued and disarmed by Chris, who has infiltrated the factory and is in the middle of planting explosives beneath it. Chris told him to stay away, but Ethan angrily exclaims that he killed Mia. Chris starts to explain that the Mia he shot was a disguised Miranda who has shape-shifting powers from her status as a bioweapon. Ethan angrily demanded to know why he was never informed of this, only for Chris to shout that Ethan would want to be involved. He then asks him to explain everything. Chris explains that Miranda herself is insane, and that the monsters in Village was her life's work, as they were her experimentations with the mold. Ethan laments that it is a repeat of the events in Dolby, but Chris reveals that Miranda is now in possession of the flasks. Chris then provides Ethan with a metal polymer tank that he could use to battle Heisenberg. Chris promises Ethan that they will get his daughter back together. Ethan takes the artillery and rides the elevator up to the surface where he faces against the mutated Heisenberg. After an intense battle, Heisenberg overturns the tank and he is about to kill Ethan, 
until he is momentarily distracted from the explosion in the factory. Heisenberg is enraged about the loss of his robot army that he would have used to wage war with Miranda. Ethan is forced to fight Heisenberg on foot before the latter creates an electrical storm that enables Ethan to reacquire the tank and use it to fire at Heisenberg's weak spot to finish him off. Ethan is then called by Chris and explains to him that he managed to defeat Heisenberg. Although Chris tells him to wait for him, Ethan is confronted by Miranda, who taunts him with her Mia form before reverting to her original form. She explains to him that Rosemary is not only Evelyn's successor, but her true, complete form. So she must have her. Miranda says that the mold root catalogs all of them, and Rose will be reborn as her daughter, Ava. Miranda then begins to shift several forms and reveals herself as the old hag all along. With Ethan enraged, Miranda finally makes her move and attacks him, ripping his heart out and assuring him that he will be part of the Mold Roots records. Ethan dies at her feet, and she leaves to start the ceremony to revive her daughter. A member of the Hound Wolf squad confirms Ethan's death to Chris. Chris recaps the situation to his team. He admits he and the team were careless in thinking they killed Miranda under the guise of Mia, which resulted in Miranda faking her death, attacking Ethan's convoy, and kidnapping Rosemary. When he last contacted Ethan, he had heard Miranda's voice and knew she was responsible for his death. Knowing that Miranda needs to be put down after their three-year investigation, he initiates a full-on attack with Houndwolf against Miranda to avenge Ethan. The team also noticed that the BSAA has arrived for unknown reasons. Chris instructs the team to stick with the mission, terminate Miranda, and save Rosemary, while K-9 is ordered to investigate the BSAA's presence. He shares that due to their recons at the Mojave Desert, they know they now know Miranda's plan. As the team shares worries and intimidation at Miranda's abilities, they witness the village now set ablaze with the ceremonial site, guarded by a large mold barrier. The team moves to the village, moves in the village from different directions, while Chris arriving from the ruins of Louisa's house. They battle the Lycan army with a large mass of mold destroyed using support fire from Chris and Lobo. The destruction opens a large hole that Chris traverses under while ordering the remaining team to remain above ground. One team member shares that the comparison between the mold in the village and the mold from the Baker family, that there was no genome editing meaning the mold originated from this village. He encounters Urias's older brother, the Urias Stranger, which he kills with the help of Lobo. He then manages to find the large mold root before attaching an into-neutron bomb to it. Before he could detonate it, he is determined to kill Miranda first to avenge Ethan. Chris then orders his men to have eyes on Miranda, but keep their 
distances as he heads to Miranda's lab. Chris is told that they should have informed Ethan of their plans sooner, although he acknowledges his mistake. He responds that there wasn't any time and that he didn't expect Miranda to act so soon. Inside her lab, Chris learns several pieces of information regarding Miranda's experiments with the mold and her past. She was a biologist whose daughter, Ava, perished to the Spanish flu. In her mourning, she decided to venture into the nearby caves to die, only to find the mold root by chance. The mold root breaks down and absorbs the consciousness of those that perish. Due to the regenerative abilities brought about by the mold, she began experimenting with the mold, such as developing the Cadeau parasite and managing to give herself seeming immortality. Over the years, Miranda's experiments with mold were several ways to find a host for Ava to revive. The four lords were four candidates who managed to bond with the Cadeau but were unable to be suitable hosts for Ava. Miranda posed as the village deity alongside the four lords while secretly using the villagers for her experiments. Those who had negative reaction to the Gato parasite became Lycans and Morakai. She also collaborated with the connections to create Evelyn by leading, by lending the mold and some of Ava's DNA but Evelyn was yet another unsuitable host. The connections then informed her of Rosemary's existence, and Rosemary proved to be a perfect host for Ava. One of Miranda's students was Oswell E. Spencer, who would go on to found the Umbrella Corporation. Though they remained in good terms, they parted because Miranda simply wanted to resurrect her daughter, while Spencer believed that widespread human infection through virus was necessary for human evolution. He informed her that they had found the progenitor virus in Africa, and that he would begin a new company, Umbrella, with its logo inspired by the symbol of the four lords in the cave. Chris notices a locked door and shoots it off, where he finds the real Mia alive after confirming that Miranda is at the ceremony site. Mia is angry at Chris for claiming that her family would be safe in moving and demands to know where her husband and daughter is. He tells her that Ethan is gone, but he could still save Rose. Seeing as their surroundings aren't safe, he tells Mia to follow him. Mia then tells Chris that Ethan isn't gone yet and that she has been trying to keep it a secret as he doesn't know how special Ethan truly is. So let's go to Ethan's last stand. Ethan finds himself wandering in a cold wasteland where he is taunted by Evelyn who tells him that he is dead. Ethan assumed it was Miranda who killed him but Evelyn rebuffs telling him that Ethan has always been dead, and it was never under the hands of Miranda. Evelyn then questions Ethan how it wasn't weird that he is still alive, no matter how much he got hurt. Evelyn tells him that years ago, back at Louisiana, Jack Baker had killed him after Ethan's fight with the infected Mia 
up on the attic and that Ethan was infected from the start. The only thing that is keeping him alive was the mold. Evelyn goads that he will never see his family again, but Ethan is determined to save Rose. He wakes up inside the Duke's carriage. The Duke had rescued him and is bringing him to Miranda, knowing that he would want to fight her one last time. He notes to Ethan that his body is falling apart, but acknowledges his drive to save Rosemary. Upon arriving at the ceremonial site, the Duke warns that Ethan is at the point of no return and cannot return to his old life any longer, but Ethan remains determined. Ethan battles his way to Miranda, who sees that Rosemary has been reborn instead of Ava, and her powers begin leaving her. After a distraction caused by Chris, Ethan and Miranda wrestle over Rose, but Miranda's desperation wins and absorbs Rose within herself as she mutates through several forms to fight Ethan. Ethan fights and manages to defeat Miranda once and for all, and she shouts for her daughter one last time before calcifying and crumbling to dust. Rose emerges from her remains, but Ethan loses consciousness as his body begins deteriorating with his mold dying off following Miranda's death. Chris manages to reawaken Ethan, and he helps guide him and Rosemary outside the site as they need to be at a safe place before he could detonate the bomb. What remains of Miranda's consciousness merges with the Moldaru into a larger berserk form and pursues the three. Chris tells Ethan not to give up, saying that Mia is alive and waiting for him. Knowing he is dying, Ethan apologizes and confesses his love to Mia before handing Rosemary and his coat to Chris. He tells him to keep Rose safe and to teach her to be strong before grabbing the detonator when Mold separates Ethan from the other two. Ethan says his goodbyes before they go their separate ways. Chris boards his transport with Rosemary and Mia. Mia notices that Ethan is not with them and demands to know where he is. Ethan uses the last of his strength to trigger the detonator, destroying himself, the mold root, and the village. As Mia realizes Ethan had died in the explosion, Chris explains that he had tried to save him, but Ethan offered to sacrifice himself to save everyone else. Kanan informs Chris that the BSAA sent bioweapons dressed as soldiers to find Miranda's army, having recovered a body from his recon. Chris then orders K-9 to pick up the rest of the squad and plot a course to BSAA Europe HQ, demanding that someone has to pay. Mia mourns her husband as she cradles Rosemary. Oh, what a story. What a story. I still have a little bit more because we have to go to the epilogue now. The conclusion of the Village of Shadows story is shown... The girl is captured by a witch, but later rescued by her mother as her father stays behind and perishes in fighting the witch. During the credits, another story is shown, which features a couple that moves to the village and gives birth to a daughter. 
The mother of the family grows sick from the Spanish flu and later dies, while the daughter also getting sick later on. Miranda establishes a healing center where she offers the cadeau as a cure. The daughter is injected and is miraculously healed, while the father and several villagers are injected as well. The father begins feeling uneasy, and the daughter later discovers that her father has turned into a lichen. Years later, a post credit sequence follows a grown-up Rosemary boarding the bus en route to the cemetery to visit her father's grave, with the Village of Shadows book in tow. She wishes him a belated happy birthday, having missed the previous week due to being tested on. An agent for an unspecified organization arrives at the cemetery saying that she is needed. The agent jokingly name drops her as Evelyn, but Rose responds by violently grabbing his tie and threatening him not to call her that again, lest she reveals her abilities that even Chris doesn't know. As a remorseful Rose boards the car, the agent signals to his partner to stand down from firing at her and to understand that she is still young. The agent tells her that she is like her father and she responds that she knows with a smile before they drive off. An unknown figure approaches their vehicle in the road. And now, now we are done. So Ethan conveniently got dropped off near the village. You know everything is always convenient. He kills off these four lords that have been in power for a while. Yep. Somehow. Yep. And then he destroys, sacrifices himself to destroy the mold and Mother Miranda. Yep. With what training under his belt? Well, remember at the beginning of this, those three years from the end of seven to the beginning of eight, he got military training. To fight lichens? To fight lichens, specifically. I don't believe that. I know. They probably trained him to fight zombies. And I was actually, when this, you know, when 8 was starting to get advertised and everything, I was so excited that there was going to be lichens in it. Fucking werewolves. I was pretty excited about it. Werewolves that don't look like werewolves, exactly. I know, because they're not really werewolves or lichens. But listen, listen, I was excited about it. Super excited about it. So, yeah, that was a whole lot of me talking. How about we go to a mid-break? Well, here we are in the middle of the show. And what do we do in the middle of the show, Daniel? Nothing. Exactly. Goodbye, folks. It's been a great episode. Eh, Just kidding. No, we are going to thank our patrons. So, we have the our all-access patrons, Chris Slate and Remington Cloutier, and our VIP patron, William Jackson. You guys are awesome. Just plain awesome. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. And thank you to all of the listeners out there. You guys are awesome, and you are the ones that keep us going as well. Because without you... We wouldn't have a show. We would, but nobody would listen to it. You guys make it better. Exactly. So, yes, we appreciate our patrons. We appreciate all you listeners. We appreciate all of you. So, 
to continue on, Daniel, what have you brought for us? I might have merchandise. Probably. So if you would like to go into a red chimneyed house and acquire a key off of someone killed by lichen, you can do so via Amazon. You know, I always wanted to, Daniel. In that exact scenario? Yes, exactly. Just make sure nobody's home. <laughs> Anyways, on Amazon, brand SXE sells a collectible Resident Evil Village six-winged unborn key. Says it's a collection cosplay accessory. It runs $39.99, and you can be just like Ethan and carry it around and... Well, in this case, you won't do anything with it, but collect it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want it. Well, for $40, you can have it. But that's just for the one key, though, isn't it? Yes, one key. But it's got six wings on it, so maybe it does six different things. <sighs> but it is on Amazon by SXE, Resident Evil Village Six Wing Unborn Key. And if you want to send us one or Ariel one because she wants the key, feel free. Yes, please. That's Though I have, you know, it'd be cool if you did. But anyways, moving on. I read an article. About what? About things. Much like I always do. And this article comes from Game Rant. And... I know we covered seven last episode and the episode before that, but I kind of wanted to read this article to you guys because I thought it was kind of cool. So the title is Resident Evil 7 Player Makes Terrifying Discovery. So this player makes a discovery about a reoccurring element of the game, adding even more horror to the grandma sightings. And I missed this. So I want to, I really want to cover this because I missed it as a player. So the grandma is first seen sitting beside Ethan when he wakes up at the dinner table, though just as quickly disappears after Ethan tries to escape. As Ethan explores the mansion, this old grandma will follow him around, showing up out of nowhere and likely giving the player a jump scare. And... Okay, spoilers, if you are just listening to 8 and you didn't listen to our 7 episode, uh, spoiler alert, you know, that's Evelyn, but whatever. Grandma. Anyways, as you explore, you can backtrack to early areas in 7, such as a crawl space between the hatch and laundry room. This can be found once the player completes the clock and bed puzzle. This is before the encounter with Lucas, which is rather early in the game. If a player gets close enough to the grandma, they can see that her eyes will follow the player around. And even more creepily, she doesn't move her head at all. This is definitely one of the ways that Resident Evil 7 manages to stay scary half a decade after it's made its debut. And I thought that was awesome. And I just wanted to share the little article because I missed it. Thought maybe some of you guys have as well. Because I didn't ever go back. Mostly because I just wanted to finish the game. But What you all should do is you should screenshot it. And then post it in the RE Lorecast Discord. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, please do. Because, yeah. 
watching grandma follow you with her eyes would be pretty cool. Well, I will post the links to both of these things in the show notes. So let's finish this episode. It's a rather lengthy one. I apologize, but it is a lengthy game. So let's go to the end of the show. So here we are at the end of the episode. Are you excited for this? Me? Yes. Who else? I'm always excited for the end of the episode. Wow. Daniel's ready to leave us already. So, (laughs) all right. Daniel, what do you have for me? So I'm going to list the characters off and then the B.O.W.'s off. And it is a lengthy list of characters compared to the B.O.W.'s. <laughs> so the characters in this game are Ethan Winters, Mia Winters, Chris Redfield, Mother Miranda, Carl Heisenberg, Salvatore Moreau, Angie, Donna Beneviento, Alcina Dimitrescu, Bella Dimitrescu, Cassandra Dimitrescu, Daniela Dimitrescu, The Duke, The Hag, Elena Lupa, Leonardo, Louisa, Anton, Sebastian, Roxana, Ulian, Evelyn, Adult Rose, Gregory Stan, our members of Hound, which are Canine, Tundra, Lobo, Night Howl, and Umber Eyes. I believe that is basically it for the characters. That is quite a long list of characters. Yeah, you'll be surprised at the B.O.W. list. I am ready to hear this. Alright, so the B.O.W. list goes as Cadeau, Haulers, Living Dolls, Lichens, The More Okay, or Wait, how we say that? Morica. Morica. Yeah. Morica, Samka, Saldat, and Varkalak. That's my BOWs. Wow. Short compared to characters. It really is. But the you know, the lichens were very predominant throughout throughout the entire game, so you know, you got that. There's a lot of information on them. Yeah, I bet, because there's... And there's different... Yeah, we'll get into that next episode. Plus, you got them big old boss fights with the lords and... You know. Now that we have the characters and the B.O.W.'s list covered, how about we get into some unlockables? Yay. Yeah. So, I have this unlockable, the Rocket Pistol. And the requirement is Complete Village of Shadows difficulty and 80,000 shot points. And unfortunately, the Rocket Pistol is more of a pea shooter with relatively low damage and a small area of effect. It can be a novel item and adequate for tight crowds of enemies. 
enemies, but might not be worth the inventory slot, which, yeah, I can kind of... Anyways, the next unlockable I have is Villa, Village of Shadows difficulty. And the requirement for this is to complete the main story on any difficulty. So in the Village or the village of Shadows continues the trend of a post-game unlockable difficulty that goes beyond normal difficulty shifts. Enemies do more damage and have more health, initially making this a tougher task. Makes it even harder for the players who don't have the weapon unlocks or unlimited ammo. And the enemy placement varies in this one, with more enemies and fiercer encounters intentionally placed to make the difficulty tenser. Next, I have the USM AI pistol. And this requirement is 20,000 shot points. And this, you know, you get this gun when during Chris's portion of the story, but you can now unlock it in the item shop afterwards so you can play it with Ethan. And it has a quick fire rate, reload speed, and higher accuracy. The only drawback, though, is how quickly it can eat through ammo. So, there's that. The next unlockable I have is the Karambit Knife. And this is 10,000 shot points. And this is another unlock from Chris's arsenal. For you players that love working towards a melee-only run, this is a solid weapon choice with the only real challenge coming from the final Lycan King. So, you got that. And next, we have the WCX Assault Rifle, which is 30,000 shot points. And this can help, you know, people that like the first-person shooter. This is the game that kind of helps with that a little bit. It helps um, just riddle through Lycans and the other beasts and all of that. So it's not as good as Chris's assault rifle, but it can be a good step on the way if you're running low on points. Next, I have the hand cannon PZ, which is 60,000 shot points. And this can kill most enemies in one shot, but ammo for the weapon often comes at the expense of your crafting supplies. So got to make sure that you get those crafting supplies when you're rummaging through things. So this one, it's best used for boss fights and weak points on larger enemies because of that. So uh, next one is mercenaries mode. And you have to complete the main story on any difficulty and 10 shot points. Got to pay those 10 shot points up. And, you know, it makes its grand return to RE8, a mercenaries mode. And each of the four levels has an easy and hard variation, making this mode a perfectionist's dream. And you get your random power-ups to adjust your damage output speed or a number of other modifiers. Next, unlockable is the Dragoon. And this is 30,000 shot points. And this is the final unlock in Chris's arsenal. And it's worth the points. Trust me. Uh, and it's a rapid fire weapon. The Dragoon has high capacity and can end most foes in two or three shots. 
And due to this, you'll spend less time reloading and be more prepared for all the other enemies showing up. So next one I have the LZ answer. And you have to achieve SS ranking in every mercenaries level. And it's the lightsaber. Yep. It's the double-bladed lightsaber. Of course it would be. Yep. That I thought was fucking awesome. And it claims to be the best melee weapon in the game. Being better than the Karambit. And it's the hardest to... The hardest unlock to acquire. Because you have to achieve an SS or an SSS rank on every mercenary level. So have fun with that. Because, yeah. I mean... It's kind of cool. If you want to be a Sith Lord. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's kind of cool. So, and the last one I have is infinite ammo, which everybody loves infinite ammo. And the requirement varies per weapon. So you can actually, you can unlock infinite ammo for every weapon in the game, including the unique weapons bought from the shop, which is awesome but you know like I said it varies um, between each weapon so you'll have to do all of that fun stuff but who doesn't love infinite ammo and that is the unlockables I have for RE8 not very much nothing too exciting but Still at least something. So, yeah, ooh, we covered a lot in this episode. We covered, you know, the basic summary, the plot. We listed off our characters and BOWs and all the unlockables. Very long episode. But worth it. I didn't even get a chance to, you know, talk about anything, which we'll do next episode. It's going to be another long one, listeners. Sorry about you, but gonna be another long episode so thank you listeners and we will catch you next week with the rest of the stuff for eight so see you then bye Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.